broadcasting from the deep depths of cyberspace. This is Darn IT Podcast, and I'm your host, Darnley G. Episode 11. Is passwordless near our future? I have a question to ask you. How many passwords do you really have? Now, you don't have to answer this question. I just want you to answer it in your head. How many passwords do you currently have with an exclamation mark or a number one at the end? Did you feel so empowered when you changed your password by adding a special character? Now, (laughs) before you start um, giving me some nasty comments, understand that with the evolution of passwords, we're all kind of been along for the ride. Passwords are both loved and hated in the cybersecurity world and understand that millions are lost a week to cyber criminals or just plain old forgotten. Can you relate? I can. Our, our data has become the currency in today's world or in our digital world, as you will. If the threat actors on the internet get access to your account details, they literally have the keys to your kingdom. And that should concern us all. Because you need to understand that everything is locked with a key a password key, as you will, to all of our digital assets. Now, think about everything you use a password for. Passwords have become very commonplace this day and age that, you know, we have probably over 20 different passwords that we use for various things. Passwords are no longer a secure method to identify verification anymore. It has been a staple and has stayed for... Overstate is welcome in some ways. And and that's where the 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 awareness of the magnitude of the reusability of passwords. And you can multiply that by the amount of accounts you have that has the exact same password or a certain variation of that same password. And that easily guess special character that you think that you actually have made a whole unique new password by adding a special character or a number or what have you in your similar password. Uh, On May the 6th, 2021, it was World Password Day. And, And World Password Day is a day that brings awareness to our passwords, as the name entails but also brings a very stern warning to the entire world that taking care of your passwords is vital in protecting yourself against cyber criminals. Now, this is a great day to sit and reflect. Now, we shouldn't just be doing this one day because there's so many days in a year that have different things that we have to remember. But it's good to highlight the fact that we use passwords for almost everything. And... Did you know that that 10,000 of the most common passwords allow access to 98% of all accounts? I will repeat that. 
10,000 of the most common passwords allow access to 98% of all accounts. This means most people are using the same passwords for years at a time. Now, put this in perspective on how the, the reasons why or what are the reasons why that cyber criminals are in mass attacking accounts in the knowledge that 98% of their efforts will be successful. That's wild, man. That is wild. So that puts a unique perspective on this. And these are not made up numbers. These are numbers that I've, I've received through various other um, uh, other online statistics in terms of passwords. And, and in light of the World Password Day, they do, they do uh, put a lot of statistics on, on their website. But in the IT world, 56% of IT and security professionals believe that eliminating passwords would improve the security of their organization. Now, 54% believe that eliminating passwords would improve end-user experience. Now, anyone here who is in IT, who's, who's dealt with passwords in, in their present or past life, will understand that passwords were a bane of their existence. Believe you me, um, no matter which organization I worked for in my past life, passwords were a bane of my existence because all I did, or most of the time, was resetting passwords, forgotten passwords, um, of the like. And and that took a lot of time in when I was in the IT and security world, um, when I was uh, working for another organization. You know, either that be, um, you know, in the education world, you better believe the amount of times I've dealt with students and faculty getting their, their password resets. And, you know, even on the national security side, uh, I can't talk about that. But, um, <laughs> but, but even in general, um, you know, when I was in the financial sector as well, uh, a lot of these hotshot financial people also forgot their passwords. So no matter where you are in the spectrum, we all forget. We're all human. And we do tend to forget the 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 numerous amount of passwords that we have and it's honestly unrealistic and if you're sitting here saying well darnley i can't remember all these passwords you know you're absolutely correct no one can remember the 20 to 40 different um email accounts like i myself have about i believe about 60 or 65 different passwords that are all unique mind you uh, spread across the various digital assets that I have. So I, it's very unrealistic for me to remember every single one of these passwords. Now, I'm not going to get into password managers right now in this particular podcast. I'm just speaking briefly about passwordless um, passwords. So what's the password problem? If I have not blatantly made it clear by now, that reusing the same password across multiple accounts and websites is a problem. You know, go figure. With with the stats I mentioned earlier, you would you would think that it would be more of a um, important issue to resolve across the board. But even today in 2021, it's still not the case. Why is the passwordless future here? today. Now, it's sometimes I feel like I'm speaking heresy when I talk about passwordless, um, 
and I'll explain in a minute, but you know, heresy or not, it's true. There, there is a way to have a passwordless future. And we are in the security, cybersecurity and IT community is pushing for this because as I said, uh, over 50% of IT professionals want that. They want that change because of not only just the operational headaches, but it's also the fact that it's it's a critical aspect to every single organization across the world. If your IT team is indeed spending six hours a week, and this is a real statistic, um, IT teams across, uh, and this is a North American statistic, sorry, about six hours a week that IT teams take out of their their days and working hours in resolving password issues for the users. Uh, so here here is here sort of my perspective. Now I'm sorry to say right now that you know you know full transparency, my apologies. Uh, I've gotten this far. Uh, a password list does not mean a complete removal of the use of a password. Now I'm saying this in 2021, and if anyone pulls this podcast up over a decade later, you know things probably ha- have changed since then. So don't take this podcast and rub it in my face. But as of 2021, that right now the complete removal of passwords cannot happen right now, and I'll explain why. The there these tools are meant to complement passwords. And I'll give you a few examples of why organizations need to go um, to passwordless technologies. Number one, single sign-on, SSO as it abbreviates. And I'm sure most of you have heard this before when it comes to um, dealing with uh, single sign-on. So this method does not use password as the authentication method, but it authenticates specific applications that employees use. So what this means is that a a single sign-on will allow a uh, multiple access or uh, multiple logins through various applications in the ecosystem. So what that does is is eliminates the amount of passwords that are required to access those individual apps for that particular user. A number two method is enterprise password management. Now, not all apps can be covered with the SSO, keep that in mind, but this a password management can allow one user access to other accounts by remembering one username and password. So I don't want to say it's similar to SSO, but in ways it is where you have a uh, password manager, as you will, let's use that as an example, where you can use that password manager to access uh, various websites by using that one account. So you're not, in theory remembering the you know 60 plus passwords through various accounts you would only need one particular password now yes i understand that you're you're saying well darnley you have one key to the entire kingdom is that a problem yes 100% it is but there are ways um that you can protect that account protect that password against theft and this is bringing me to to number 3 which is multi-factor authentication. Now, I like to call this the two-factor authentication's bigger brother, but 2FA is, is horrible and it's already been breached and people use 2FA as some sort of band-aid solution of cybersecurity. And it's, no, 
I feel like we've gone beyond that now in terms of two-factor being exploited and cyber criminals using this to their advantage. So I fully believe that 2FA needs to die and we need to embrace multi-factor authentication this day and age. Now, enabling multi-factor authentication allows IT teams to manage um, across access across the individual level, which is individual level or defined groups or a job role. Uh, these authenticated factors can either be anywhere, anywhere between, and, and this is a huge range, between IP address to biometrics. So these are ways that um, the IT team or security team can authenticate these specific users across the board, either by using biometrics, for example, IP address, or um, hardware keys, for example. Now, this can this can greatly improve the the authentication model for groups of users or a specific user, enabling them to access a particular piece of software. Now, just to talk back about the password management, for example, um, you would want to use MFA, multi-factor authentication, with any form of password manager because of that single point of risk where you have your entire password ecosystem hidden behind one password. So you would need to implement off the gate multi-factor authentication methods to protect your assets. Now, there's different ways of doing this. And again, I'm not going to talk about that specifically, but if you are using one of the password managers that I've recommended in, in one of my previous podcasts, it's the best, the best course of action is to secure your MFA through multi-layers as well because you're going to give any criminals the path of most resistance to your account. And they'd rather take the time and effort and energy into breaching someone's account who has not done that, right? And, and that's the sort of adage that goes for um, um, burglaries or home uh, breaking enters, et cetera. When you make your house more um, either visible that it's being protected by a alarm systems, for example, or that you've taken the measures in place by putting, you know, brighter lights outside, or you know, some places you have to put gates in front of your door and windows, stuff like that. You're making it harder for someone to enter your home. Think of the same concept when it comes to your your passwords. When you're enabling multi-factor authentication, it's like throwing up gates in front of your house, or putting chains, or you're reinforcing your door, or getting a monitoring system for your house. Those types of things still apply. If, if a hacker wants to get into your house, or sorry, a criminal wants to get into your house, they're going to try, but it can be very unsuccessful. They may maybe break a few bolts or take this down, but you have different um, layers of protection in your home to avoid that break, in, the, the break and enter into your house. And then, yeah, they may destroy one or two things, but inadvertently, they may not be able to get in at all. Same thing goes for multi-factor authentication. You're entering... You're providing many authentication methods and tools so that uh, criminals, cyber criminals, will have the path of most resistance, which they may indeed just say, forget it. You know, I can't log in because, you know, I'm logging in from, you know, country ABC and I can't log in because I can't, um, you know, come from this particular IP address or use this uh, six password code or be able to use this hardware key. So you're, you're entering different um, methods to, for resistance for a hacker or attacker to get into your, your account. 
So why has remote work changed the game? Well, with COVID-19, you have to understand that with the increase of remote users, the online availability of platforms and databases um, has increased exponentially. Like, and this is the reason why cyber attacks have increased exponentially during the COVID-19 global pandemic, because they understand that a lot of businesses cannot operate the same old, same old. So a lot of people are leaving their castle. They're leaving their IT castle, as you will, and they're working remotely. And this happened so quick that IT teams have not were not given enough time to probably take the time, effort, energy, and money in providing those resources to their employees for them to work safely. So a lot of these attacks happened because a lot of businesses were uh, unprepared or didn't have the budget in place to, to implement these security measures right away. But this is this has indeed changed the game. Like you would think about that, you know, some sort of going back to normal is debatable given this this uh, this uh, light. However, um, you you need to understand that the 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 employees end user lambs as I call them are out on their own and they don't have the shepherd to protect them. And a lot of people have not done this before. A lot of security is now resting in everyone's hands. And a lot of people relied heavily on the IT department or, you know, an MSP, MSSP, for example, to help protect them. Now, it, it, the game has changed a bit where they're kind of off on their own. And the lambs, as I call them, are easily picked off by the cybersecurity wolves, or sorry, the cyber criminal wolves, who are looking at preying on these individuals who are lost and don't know what else better to do. But this is why today's organizations see the benefit of adopting a passwordless authentication model for both their IT teams and employees. Today, I personally see a shift moving away, but I, I still see a dependence on passwords right now. Like I said, 10 years later, this may change. But I believe in the coming years, along with the technology, that passwordless authentication will become a reality for businesses of all shapes and sizes. The, the technology exists. The technology is there for this to actually work even today. It's just really comes down to an environmental thing. So it's the responsibility of the CEO to drive their vehicle into a secure passwordless future. This is why it is important to have the right company environment or the right company culture that embraces these changes and understands the risk out there in today's digital jungle. Yes, there's always challenges and headaches when adopting technologies or policies that invoke stronger cybersecurity measures, but this is the necessary evil in, in some ways in order to protect your place of business. So understand that Yes, you will be going through a path of resistance, resistance when it comes to implementing these technologies in your workforce, but it's, it is the necessary evil in order to deploy and protect your various employees and infrastructures against the onslaught of cyber attack. Thank you for listening to episode 11, Passwordless Future. I'm your host, Darlene G., Safe computing, everybody.